Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the stage Concert Zero with Scott Ramsey. Hello and welcome to Concert Zero. I'm Scott Ramsey, your host. In studio today, we have Greg Sutton. And Greg just told me a minute ago that he knew Andy Kaufman, that they were friends since they were 10 years old. And now my mind is completely blown. I don't even want to talk about music suddenly. I want to talk about Andy Kaufman and get that whole story. Well, it's a long story. And, you know, I'll talk to, with you about Andy Kaufman forever. I, I loved Andy, and he was, you know, one of the two geniuses I ever worked with. I mean, a true genius, you know. The other one was, was Bob Dylan. That's a pretty big continuum, Andy Kaufman and Bob Dylan. Yeah. Well, you know, life goes on. I love that. So the the number one reason people tune into this show is to learn about early concert experiences. What was the the first concert you you remember seeing, or the the first concert that turned you on to music? Well, those are two different things. They are seeing Elvis the first time he was on the Ed Sullivan show changed my life. Of course, changed everybody's life. But the first concert I ever saw, rock and roll show, was the Rolling Stones. 1964, the Academy of Music in New York on 14th Street, which later was the Palladium. I was just walking by, had nothing to do. They were doing an afternoon show and then an early evening show. And it cost about $2. I had $2. I went in and I saw the Rolling Stones. And in those days, Rolling Stones shows never lasted more than five or six songs. There was always a riot. And that's exactly what happened. <laughs> they came on and, you know, they sounded great. It was great. It was an afternoon show. It was filled with kids. And after about three songs, all the girls rushed the fucking stage, you know, and you could smell f female hormones all over the place. <laughs> Guys were going nuts because, you know, and the Stones were just rocking it. And then after the, on the sixth song, there was a riot. The Stones had to leave the stage. People were like shouting, you know, talking in tongues, and <laughs> girls were like screaming. And you know, I said, "This is for me." So you're you're, so, you're a teenager at that point. I you're was fourteen. Fourteen. So you're watching twenty minutes, maybe. Um, yeah, maybe before, a half hour before it turns into a riot. And before like, it turned into a riot, and you're like, "This is this is good." And this I love the life. Stones anyway because you know they they dressed very informally, except for Charlie Watts, you know? And they played the fucking blues. Yeah, I mean, for, you know, yep. I mean, they weren't Freddie King or anything like that, but, you know, they turned a lot of white kids onto the blues, and including me, which was funny because they were English, you know, but they knew all those records. And But, I, you know, I had some Muddy Waters records and stuff like that, but seeing the Stones was, it was just great. And the riot part was the best because... I saw the true effect of rock and roll that day, you know. So we, we usually talk about first concerts and the concerts that got away. Like for me, I, I never never got to see Sinatra and I had an opportunity. I, I didn't, I turned down an opportunity to see Bob Marley. I saw Bob I, Marley at the Roxy at his bare foot on my table for oh, 10 minutes. Right on. They were unbelievable. If you could wave a magic wand and see anybody who's ever- The Beatles, live. At the cavern, you know, or someplace oh, wow. where yeah. I could hear him. Washington, D.C., the day after the Ed Sullivan show. My cousin saw them at Shea Stadium, but he said he, he never heard a note. You can't hear it. Yeah, you can see yeah. it. 
I would have liked to have seen the Beatles in person or Robert Johnson. We get uh, a lot of Jimi Hendrix. I saw Jimi Hendrix when he was still Jimmy James. I saw him at least a dozen times. Wow. Jimi Hendrix was responsible for me moving out of New York. The night I saw him at the Cafe Wawa, I had this shitty band called The Fragment of Love in 1966. You know, we played the Cafe Wawa. Everybody played the Cafe Wawa. It was like Gazaris or something. Jimmy had a kind of a reputation. He said, let's go see this guy tonight, you know. And there he was. And he was doing like Hey Joe and The Wind Cries Mary. You know, he was like 10 feet away from me. He was like the, the greatest thing I'd ever seen. And I said, now, I know what I get paid at the Cafe Wawa, which is just about zero. So maybe this guy's making 20 bucks tonight. And he's like the best thing I've ever seen. So, I, you know, my father lived in L.A. So I said, I know there's a lot of geeks in L.A. <laughs> I'm going to get out of here and go someplace where I can earn while I learn. Because this guy's too much. If the bar is that high, forget it. I'm going to L.A. Well, I just said, if that's my competition here in New York, guys who came out of the womb already, like, you know, fully blown great guitar players, like Hendrix. I mean, Hendrix was what? He was 18, 19, something like that. I mean, he, you know. But but uh, anyway, I figured, you know, time to get out of town. <laughs> All right, well, I want to remind my audience, go see a concert. Go see a live show. Absolutely. And and if it's music that you're not familiar with, an artist you're not familiar with, even better. Check it out. Take a flyer. The only thing that's a problem now, I remember we used to go to the Fillmore or the Shrine or whatever, and you could see three acts for $5. And now, it caught, you know, you want to see a show? A hundred bucks, a ticket. My friend just paid $150 to go see Bob Dylan. Those were the cheap yeah, seats. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's a that's the hard part. You should be able to see a show for 10 bucks. That way you can see somebody you never heard of. Well, are, are we so cynical, though? I mean, I can remember going to shows. I wouldn't recognize the name on the marquee, but there's this venue. If they're playing here, they've, they've got to have something going on. And it only so. costs you $3 to get in. Yeah, and that's the Palladium <laughs> or wherever, yeah. you know, any kind of, you know, that size venue. Yeah. What advice would you give to that teenager who just saw their first concert and has decided that music needs to be part of their life. They're just getting into it now. They don't even know where to begin. Do they have any talent or not? Yeah, they definitely don't. Our, well, I think you know if you have talent when you're six years old. I know I knew. Was, so just get an instrument, watch everybody, go to as many live shows as you can, get somebody to help you out along the way. Musicians will always help other musicians, give them advice if, if you ask them for it. And, you know, find out what your best instrument is and just follow the path. But, you know, if you're looking to make a fortune, don't do it. Yeah, focus on what you love. And, yeah. and if, if there's money that follows, great. That's right. Thank you. Thank you for coming to be on the show. Thank you. Everybody out there in Concert Zero Land, please get out there, see a live show. Somebody you know, somebody you've never heard of, just go experience live music. You won't regret it. I guarantee it. Please listen, like, share, and follow Concert Zero. That's all one word, Concert Zero, on Apple Podcasts and wherever fine podcasts are available. You can also check out our website, ConcertZero.com, for past episodes. And you can find Concert Zero on Facebook and Twitter, or Concert Zero Show on Instagram. 
Thank you to our sponsor, Project Barley in Lomita, California, and our amazing crew, Chris Youngie, Brett Abbott, and Jeff Lloyd. And me, I'm your host, Scott Ramsey. Thank you again for listening to Concert Zero. Concert Zero.